millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, and ever-recovering addict. And this is the All Open podcast, where I and others discuss the moments, little to large, when we really felt, however briefly, and in whatever capacity, like we had no friends. Today, I am talking to my soon-to-be sister, reality TV star, influencer, and all-round beautiful soul, Sophie Habu. One of my favorite people in the world. She has stuck by my side without question and without judgment, and I just love her for it. When big things happen in our childhood and in adulthood, there is a before and there is an after. I am always fascinated by just how quickly we can adapt to a new way of existing, when suddenly it can feel like the old way of being never happened. It's extraordinary how we get used to things. However, it is often difficult to recall the exact times of change, the days, months, and years around it can be hazy. This is our mind protecting us from what might be too difficult to remember, to live on repeat. But we are somehow still informed by these times, we are molded by them even though they might not be entirely clear. Soph and I are discussing this today, among some other weird tangents that are thrown in there just purely for your pleasure. Okay, so it is August. We think it's 2006. This is up for debate. If anyone out there knows the actual date of this happening, please get in touch. (laughs) (laughs) But we think it is about August 2006 and we are in Marbella. I'm assuming it's hot because Spain is hot in the summer. But in this moment, Sophie Havu, why do you think you've got no friends? Fuzzy, can I just say, I am so hot. <laughs> there is no reason it should be hot. I think it's because I know I've got to talk about emotions in this. So I'm sweltering. I walked into the door and I was like, man, boy, they. It's like you come into this as an aura of therapy. And you start oh, my, oh, God. The, 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 even like the ambiance, the lighting, everything. Okay, am I getting in for the... Yeah, go, go, in, okay. go in hard. So August 
we think it was 2006. I'm in Marbella. We had a holiday home. Mm. It was a two-bedroom apartment. My sister and I were there with my mum and dad. They had one room. Me and my sister shared the other room. We both always had a friend out with us and there would be, there was like pull-out beds. So it was like four little beds in a room. My, I had a nightmare that my parents were getting, breaking up. Probably. <laughs> no, no. Can you wait, tell the future? <laughs> okay, wait. So I, I wake up in the night and I'm scared. I look over to my side. My sister's not there. I go into my mum and dad's room. My mum is crying. No, fuck off. My dad stood up. No. Like pacing around the room. It's like 2 a.m. in the morning. My sister's in bed crying. I don't know what's happened. And my mum was like, they're going to love me saying this. My mum's like, you tell her, Pat, or whatever. I was like, what is going on? And they broke up. Oh. They were, they were like, yeah. No, shut yeah. up. So am I a psychic? I don't know. I, are you a witch? I think I might be. You know, I've actually see, been to see loads of clairvoyants and they've been like, we think you're a... They didn't think I could see other ghosts. I'm in space right now. It's frightening. Um, but they said that I had the ability, if I wanted to, open myself up to it, speak to... I like that they say, if you want to, and you were like, no. I was like, no, 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 thank you. She's like, no, no. You can go to short schools, like you can learn about it or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm okay, thank you. I don't want to do that. No, no. I will pay you for an hour to tell me nice things about you my future. You can go to a school. <laughs> It seems in that kind of moment, there is a before and there is an after. And your life must have shifted so much in that moment. Yeah, it did. It did. And it was... Do you know what was so funny about it? And I remember this and actually a big advocate of therapy. And yes, I have therapy every week. And we're just sort of going through it now. And it's how... Like, I just don't process things. So Mm, for so many years, I just... I was like, no. Didn't tell my friend who was with me the whole time. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't. No, no, no. Got back to school, didn't tell anyone. I'd be like, yeah, mum's gone on a tennis holiday, dad's on a golf holiday. Didn't tell anyone for a year. I was like obsessed with just keeping up appearances. So strange. That's what Xander did. Xander pretended that mum and dad were together for like ages. Yeah, same, same, same. (laughs) You guys cut from the same cloth. Like it's that, but it's almost, it's like a self-preservation thing. And I think it is, um, it comes from a very like childhood place of wanting to just create this world Okay, And if you say something enough, then it becomes true and you begin to believe it yourself. And then it hits like a fucking acid flashback (laughs) when you get to your late 20s or 30s and everything hits like a brick wall. And it's, but at least, I mean, you're processing it now, so it's okay. Processing it now. Processing it now. No, I have been processing it forever and I'm not just dealing with it, but I just... I love it. I still <laughs> I'm like, guys, I still cry my sleep. Sounds sleep about it. No, I don't. But it, yeah, it was. A, it was a, like that was a big moment for you. Especially, I think for everyone when you're younger. I mean, you've been through it. It is quite hard. I have. I because I I was six when it God, happened. That's so young. It was so little, but no one explained it to me. And I think because. Many of everyone forgot I was there most of the time. (laughs) Oh no, don't, I can't even go there. That will be a whole other episode of how much abandonment drama I have. And this is why I go so fucking mental when anyone is (laughs) But um, I'd like, no one, no one explained it to me. No one explained what was happening. And so my life just like catapulted into a different stratosphere. Like, and I had, and I didn't know why. There was no, because like, mum, I think made dad sit down and talk to Xander and Jamie. Honestly, I think it's just people forgot I was there. (laughs) Stop. I always, guys, I obviously always ask Jamie about stories and like, well, he loves to tell me. And I always go, well, what was Emmy? And he's like, drowning oh, in the river. With, <laughs> with Julie. <laughs> I swear all my life. And I'm like, stop. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was always with Julie. I, Julie was our nanny. Julie, I was 
always with Julie. Mum tells a story about how she came to pick me up from nursery once with Julie and I ran past her <gasps> to Julie. <gasps> and then I never saw Julie again. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, no, no, I can't. No, it's actually, it's really funny. Do we know where Julie is now? In my basement. <laughs> Julie's very happy. She's got she's got a little boy. She's married. Do you think that? No. Uh, like, <laughs> I meet Ben right, I right down the letter every week. <laughs> she never gets a reply. <laughs> I'm always left on red to keep what's happening. Um, okay, so like, so you were 13. And so you're at secondary school in the, in this time. Are you at school in Spain or at school in the UK? No, school in the UK. We were on our summer holidays. We used to all go to Spain. Yeah. Which was like my happy place and weirdly still is. That's why you're getting married there. Yeah, honey. Yeah. Which is yeah. weird it still is, really. Because... Yeah. That all happened there, but it still like feels like a real safe space for me, and that probably feels like my home because I think then my home home became a bit jumbled. Yeah, after it became that. like super turbulent, and that's sort of the only sort of place I can remember everything being calm and serene, even though it happened there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we yeah, I think there's a thing surrounding holiday homes or summer homes or summer holidays where it's. Um, uh, I often think about it like when you go on an acting job or something mm. and you're in the different space and it's almost like dif- um, existing on a different a different level of existence, really. Yeah. And everything is is different and a bit heightened and it's not normal and it's not humdrum. And then you come home and suddenly you're back into normal life. Reality, so it makes, yeah. yeah, it makes sense why you would still associate that with being a really safe place because it didn't exist in your home life and your constant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, so it's still really special. And it's great that that can happen regardless of the fact that you had that really traumatic. I cannot fucking believe you preempted it. I know, I know. There have been so many things, guys. Sorry, there's another situation. This is so unrelated. But my mum picked up a phone once and she yeah. went, hello. And I went, auntie girl's been robbed. Shut up. And I was like six years old. And mum was like, whoa, what the hell? And mum had literally was like, you've been what? And I was like, they're just robbed. I know, loads of times. Happen. I can tell when I'm, anyone's pregnant. I'm just saying it now. I honestly will be like, they're pregnant. Imagine and if you looked at me, I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> wonder who did that. Okay, so... I'm just thinking you're in secondary school. So so you're at school in the in the UK and you haven't and you're not telling your friends about this. Yeah. And so you're still you're keeping it secret. Did you speak to your sister about it? Did you guys talk about it? Not really, no. We didn't speak about it. Oh my god. I know we well, we were just so but why young. would you? I why guess. would you? Yeah. Like, you know, you you sort of and Georgia was also she was 16, 15, 16, she was so into boys. Yeah. All she cared about was boys, MSN. Bebo, what, was, what, was your, what was your screen name? Can you remember your Amazon? Mine had all my all the boys' names in that I fancied. Shut a boy, up. a boy had fantasy dot dot kissing Sophie Habbo Habbo in the rain. I shit you not. That was his, that was fantasy <laughs> kissing Sophie Habbo. And then he became my boyfriend and we used to have to meet up at the weekends and he kept trying to hold my hand. I was like, no. Mine was, what was mine? Lango Tango 2002. Sorry, what? Lango Tango 2002. That's actually not that bad. That's not that bad. I don't remember what my... I think mine was still Sop Hab. Which is... Actually not bad either. No, it's not bad. I think my dad might have made it for me, which is quite right. (laughs) At the real Sophia (laughs) Boo. I remember going on accidentally go on mum's computer going on Facebook and I thought it was my Facebook but it was Jamie's Facebook oh no and it was absolutely fine but I had do you remember poking oh yeah poking <laughs> which was which was the glassiest form of flirting and there were all these pokes from like like dozens of women <laughs> women girls and I was like who the fuck I think it was mine like who the 
fuck are these people? And so I went through deleting all of them because I didn't know who they were. And then realised I was on Jamie's and I was like, he's, oh my God, I never told him he's going to be so angry with me. All those girls, he could have flirted with. <laughs> could have put them up. You ain't getting no boogie. Um, okay, so you're existing this way. And but what happened after that? Who moved out? Who went where? This is what's so weird. A lot of those years are really fuzzy. Like, mm-hmm. borderline, there are actual chunks which I have no recollection. That makes sense. I mean, that's a trauma response. Stop it. Yeah. Look at me having trauma. Little 13-year-old me. Yeah. It's a self-preservation thing that often when you experience trauma, your mind blocks it out because to experience it or really not be able to remember it would be too painful. <gasps> No. So it's like a, it's like a form of self preservation. Poor little me, I had a little bob as well. I was so oh, small. Shut up. Oh no, it's, it's that video of you dancing in the kitchen. That was it? the age. That was how. I, that was the summer. Was that the day? That was pretty much the day. <laughs> I'm not joking. That was the summer. You were so cute and little. I know, so cute and little. So I think I think no, they did mix and match. So we we had a coach house, right? And dad would like stay in there. Mum would say the big, the main house, then they'd like swap around and then it just sort of, you know, moved And this was in the there. UK? This was in the UK. Was this the house that had the like haunted third floor? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Terrifying. Terrifying. It didn't help that that house was so goddamn awful. Mm. Do you know what's so weird about that house? We one day in this, tell Jamie this and he's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> we gradually moved out and moved in with my grandma who lived in like a house that, whatever. <laughs> who lived in that Sort of house. She lived in a mansion. <laughs> <laughs> she lived in a really nice house. And we gradually like sort of moved out with, into her, her house before uh-huh. my mum bought a house or my dad bought a house, whatever. And I always say, did we sell that house? And I'm like, yeah, we did. But what happened to all my stuff in it? I, I'm pretty sure we left every bit of it in there. Like we just moved out and left like my bedding. <laughs> I swear to God, we left the bedding, everything in there. That's how I remember it. Oh but my perhaps God. we didn't. People walked into that house, like people walked onto that boat that they found at the Bermuda Triangle where everything was just left perfectly preserved. <laughs> like my, my dolly, everything. <laughs> oh my, <God. laughs> my toothbrush with toothpaste a lot. Food on plates, like a little bit stuck. Oh, that's so goofy. Still like <laughs> steam coming up from the gravy. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Guys, Emmy on the family chat makes me cry ping, ping, ping throughout the day. No one replies. <laughs> Literally every single time. She's like, I know no one's doing Christmas presents this year, but just so you know. Just so you know. Dead silence. <laughs> no one gives a fuck. I can't even remember what it was. I, was something, I, I posted something about about this podcast no reply no one oh, no. and then jamie the next day was like thunder's coming on nearly words and everyone was like what oh. <laughs> i was like cool man <laughs> it's literally my entire childhood it, it's such a good representation of how i was brought up because the people i'd be screaming and people like what is that noise oh. That is me on the family chat. No, track. stop. It was, it was like when I was doing the Christmas thing and going, just me and my bathroom retiled. Cool. Over and out. <laughs> <laughs> and Sophie, the desk, me like, I'm crying. I can't. It's just too funny. <sighs> no one cares. <laughs> Can you talk to me about your, um? are, we, are you going to dig into me? We'll dig into this. Okay, fine. Because um, <clears> I've got so many no, questions no. for you. 
this it's funny with these years that happen and then suddenly uh everything becomes very very normal and you don't really remember well you do remember the time but it's as humans it is interesting how quickly we adapt to our current circumstance so it makes sense really that those years surrounding it were quite fuzzy and then suddenly you adapt to a new normal and I think a lot of the time with um with divorce if divorce happens um in uh, children when they're in their adolescence they then um will like seek outside validation in terms of create really good relationships with friends or school is a safe place um and then it becomes sort of home becomes a little bit precarious do you think that having that experience um how do you think that has informed you as an adult in terms of like your resilience or how you cherish relationships or um i think that probably not i wouldn't i'd love to say it's like given me wisdom and you know made me resilient it probably Mm -hmm. has in many ways Mm -hmm. but maybe in in the way that i shouldn't be like i don't really show emotion i really struggle to like be vulnerable Mm -hmm. i find it i feel really weak when i cry yeah and all these different things. And that perhaps is because of that sort of, for when I was younger, trying to cover everything up mm. and make everything look like it was perfect and not turn out with my friends and da da da. And mm. so I've built like sort of a response to any sort of thing that's happened, yeah. happening or any time I feel vulnerable, I just cover it up. Yeah, it's just that denying thing. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's, uh, you know, in a way it's not been a good thing in that sense <laughs> because then, you know, there's only so much you can cover up and also being vulnerable mm. and crying and telling people how you really feel is a good thing. It is. It is. And like the um, uh, bottling up and denying things and pretending they're not happening, it does all then build up into this box that then just explodes in a giant cloud of yeah. shit. Um but having that awareness of doing that is really good. Yeah. That's that's really good because so many people don't have that. So many people just... I can think of one person in particular. Some fucking dick. Um, some he, fucking he, he did that. He did that a lot. Like denying, denying, denying. Built really? up, built up, built up, built up. And had so much um, resentment and shit. And was deeply, deeply damaged. But wasn't able to address any of it because he denied it so so fervently, fervently, vehemently, fervently, I think that also you sort of disconnect from yourself because yeah, you know, there's like a little person mm. inside you that's being like, I feel really sad, or I feel really lonely, or I'm really upset, I'm really confused, mm. and if you're just like on the outside, no, I'm so happy and everything's yeah. so great and my life's so perfect, there's going to be a disconnect, and yeah. then. Like, that inner person is going to start resenting you and then you're going to start speaking badly to yourself and that's where negative thoughts come in and all those things. So to be aligned with yourself and, like, you know, ultimately the key to happiness is loving yourself. And your inner child. And going, sometimes your inner child is really telling you something that you need to listen to. Yeah. You do need to pay attention to those things. And often if there's a real deep emotion or... Um, real deep pain or you have a certain reaction to something that's coming from a childhood self and it's very important to parent yourself in that moment that thing of going I need to remind myself that I am loved yeah and only now and I'm still it's still not every day but only now am I beginning to love love myself in any way uh and it's not just like emotionally or intellectually or you know spiritually um you know but also all the physical things and aesthetically because I always really really I hated the way that I looked 
hated since what? Oh, for like long as I can remember. Um, well, why? What, what do you think caused it? Because there has to be something in our lives. You can't just because no, what teaches a child what's beautiful and what's not beautiful. I don't know where where it came from specifically, but I also I think uh, I always I always compared and despaired. And something I said the other day was the presence of someone else's beauty is not the absence of your own. There's not a finite amount of beauty in the world and you can still possess your own in your individual way. And I've only stopped, recently stopped looking at other people and being like, God, they're so beautiful. I'm such a piece of shit. To being like, I'm actually pretty fucking hot. Hot. I am on hot. Amen. Amen, sister. fucking <laughs> And also it becomes the body and it's the first time I've had a really good relationship with my body. Um, in fact, it is the this is the first time categorically in my entire life and I and uh, my body has changed a lot over the last 10 months or so and that is that's a, a lot of factors have gone into that and I don't discuss how I lost weight or anything like that because I think it's really dangerous but um this is the first time in my life when I've gone I think I could actually afford to put on weight and I've never I've never once felt that and I'm like I could actually I could afford to do that and yeah, I think yeah, that's, and that's such a healthy wave of a thing. I just want to segue that the doorbell just rang and um, it was my yoga blocks. And that's that. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Oh my god, it's just so funny. Emmy and I lived together during lockdown, and honestly, the things that was that was <laughs> my favorite. My favorite lockdown memory, or one of my favorite lockdown memories, is coming downstairs and finding Sophie her boob with, with this massive, massive, fucking cute, like like I mean, of biblical proportions. <laughs> this. Vibrator <laughs> going, look at this neck massage. <laughs> Was it easy on a neck? Worst thing, it had come from my mum. <laughs> the funny thing is, Emily was like, see if that's a vibrator. And I was like, no, it isn't. It's come from your mum. Put it on my Instagram. Everyone was like, that's a magic wand. <laughs> it's got the word magic wand on it. Oh my God. Oh, oh yeah, lockdown. <laughs> God, I was having such a shitty time. I mean, I was having a shitty time my entire life until about ten months ago when I just turned it around. But uh, God, it's been ten months. It feels like it's been longer, but also not longer. Uh, yeah, it feels like I don't know. It's the fact it's coming up to a, a year, uh, and I'm feeling quite a lot of anxiety around the anniversary of it. When was um, that? Christmas? Jan- New Year's? New Year's, New Year's, and then it was the like week that followed when everything really bad happened. I'm feeling quite a lot of anxiety. I don't want it. you to like not enjoy New Year's for the rest of your life because of it. <laughs> I think I'll probably, I'll take it back at some point. I think that there's, I sort of need to accept that it's going to, there are times that are going to be really tricky and it's going to be quite triggering. But 
it will, I'm sure I'll be able to take back, I'll be able to take back the new year at some point. But, um, hey, you bloody better, Bill. Bloody manner. It's funny how these things that happen to us in childhood or in adolescence or these experiences that we have, they can really inform us and inform our adult selves in, in, um, in really extreme ways. Um, and I think the understanding and the awareness surrounding those responses is the most important thing. And it seems like you've grasped that and gained that, which is so good. Gold star for me. Oh my God. Ten points for Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> You're, oh, you're not in Gryffindor. I I'm Slytherin. I was going to say you're definitely Slytherin. But, but oh, no, no, no. In like, there's nothing wrong with being in Slytherin. I don't want to be in Slytherin. But Jamie is a full-on Slytherin. Yeah, I know he is. <laughs> I'm well aware. I, on the other hand, am not. I'm Hogwarts. You're a Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> I've said this so many times. I've gone, I'm Hogwarts. What the fuck is it? I am. You do mean Gryffindor? Gryffindor. Because I'm a Gryffindor. Um, okay, I need to think what we got to. Yeah, but then, like, I think it's the the acknowledgement as well of the shitty things. And this is what I try to do now because of all mm. the shitty things that have happened to me um, in my life. And I always go, like, poor me, poor me. But it's uh, there's the amount of trauma and the amount of shit. But it has. I'm now firmly a big believer that... Um, I've decided to run with it, that everything is already written. So regardless of the choices... The choices you made, everything is kind of out of your hands. And what happened there really informed you as an adult, maybe the person that you are today. I think that's such a nice way to look at things. Like everything happens for a reason. Because yeah. if you don't, some things just happen oh. unex- when there's no explanation. Like a story make- is comforting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you just need that in life. Yeah, I needed, like, and I look at my breakdown and everything that surrounded that and um, can either feel like enormous amounts of shame and pain and humiliation, which I do. Which do you think is the most, like, emotion that you feel? Shame. Um, Are you shameful of yourself or, like, embarrassed of what, that people saw it and know about it? Or was it more just, like, an in... People were there, people... Uh, of that exact night yeah which I was and then the following stuff um, and I know it wasn't my fault I know that I was incredibly unwell and with the level of abuse um, and uh, trauma that I've suffered in my life it's like uh, it's you know it was kind of inevitable and it was always going to happen at some point but uh, I'm just I'm trying to rid realize how unwell I was uh I do really struggle with the shame of it um and the fact that when you are incredibly unwell there is still a lot of stigma that surrounds it and a lot of people like laughed and bitched and you know um it's calling being called like insane and crazy is and knowing that people are saying sorry guys knowing that people are saying that about you and um being called like a liar that was that was really really tough but um at the time did you think you were unwell or you didn't know i didn't i just didn't know i knew that i knew that i had stuff and i knew that um i had these really intense responses and reactions to things but um i just didn't understand why um, which was really, really scary. So, which is why I just numbed everything with like booze and drugs and um, sex um, to try and just escape it. Uh, and then going into rehab, and suddenly all of these repressed memories came came to the forefront, um, and the pain that came with that. But then I had to process it. 
Yeah. So we're just going full circle back to the start. Like it's the processing. Did you process it in rehab or are you Yeah, still I'm still re- processing it. I'm still very, very much processing everything that happened to me. Um, in and are you childhood. still in therapy now? Yes. There are so many places to get because I know people are like, therapy so expensive. There are just for everyone listening, there are so many places that you can get therapy mm. for free and on the NHS and all these It different- takes, um, I wish there was more there was more help surrounding and I'm so I feel so fortunate and privileged that I was given the opportunity to get really really good help because I wouldn't be alive without it um it's so scary and I think it's a it's such it's such an enormous tragedy that so many people aren't able to access it and things like something with something like BPD because I have BPD which is borderline personality disorder um I was reading well no I wasn't reading I saw I was watching call her daddy did a interview with somebody Mm. a TikTok star who has B B P D, and she was saying that it's like a really hard one to diagnose. Yeah, yeah, it's um, and that it, you're not necessarily born with it. It's something that literally it, comes from trauma. Yeah, it comes from trauma. It comes from abandonment trauma a lot of the time. And is it something that stays with you forever? It can be. I think it's that when I was in rehab, they said it's something that can be cured because of the neuroplasticity, and you're able to rewire your brain and things like that, and control not control, control isn't the right word, but be able to manage manage it. It's not like um, something like addiction, which you are you are always an addict. And You're, did they say you were an addict or did they? Yeah. So but I, I think I already knew that. So an addiction, sorry, I'm so intrigued no, no, by no. this and I'm not knowledgeable at all. So with addiction, is that something that's learned or that's something innately in um, you and that can sort of get fired up by circumstance it gets there i think it's different some people say that they were born an addict uh, addiction runs in families stay tuned Fuck yeah my poor kids <laughs> i'll be fine i'll just have aunt emily as an example to be like <laughs> <laughs> jamie jamie you'll bring around be like look at that <laughs> don't become that why are you northern why are you northern <laughs> no, I think addiction runs in so many families. It runs, some. it runs in the family, but then there are there are people who have really uh, who have the adverse childhood experiences, like I did. If you score more than a certain amount out of ten, you're much more likely to have um, addictive tendencies and things like that. When your you know the frontal lobe mm-hmm. develops, um, I think it's quite common for people in their late twenties to start uh, a lot of things come up. And I think I just things were coming up for me, and I just chose to repress it or chose to repress or chose to numb rather than address because it was too difficult to address and then it all came to just like I mean the only thing I'll say for myself is at least I went out in a ball of fire (laughs) I did not go down easy (laughs) it was like taking down a bull No, but actually, in a really weird way, and like you say, everything does, you know, you've got to look at it like that. Mm. Look where you are now. Oh, my God, I know. You've been coasting just like, you know, because no one really knew. Yeah, no one knew. I hid it so well. Exactly. So if that hadn't have happened, you would still be in that place now. I think think I'd probably be dead. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah, which is such well, a... thank God. Thank God. And do you know that for such a long time, especially when I was in rehab... Thank God for those mushrooms. Oh, my God. One day and one day I'll take back the mushrooms. One day. No, 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 not, no, no, no. Not today. Not yeah, today. Everybody. Not today, Satan. Not today. Not but today. I had... Um, but it, interesting, a lot of um, teetotal people that I know mm. do... Yeah. Do mushrooms. Do more. mushrooms and psychedelics and things and stuff from the green stuff. I think I would be very, I would be very scared to do it 
um, because the last time I was on any kind of psychedelic, I literally tried to kill myself afterwards. And And were people in the house? No, I mean, I had, I went, I lost my mind on, I had this terrible trip, completely lost my mind on that night. And then it was afterwards and the repercussions of things that happened when I tried to kill myself. Oh my God, it's just so scary. It It is. And and no one, and no one knew, and no one knew at the time when I tried to kill myself because um, I didn't tell anyone because I woke up and I just didn't, I just didn't tell anyone that it had happened. Um, Oh my God. But thank God it didn't work. Thank God it didn't work. But I didn't tell anyone when I woke up. I didn't um, even know that. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think many people do. Um, I've, thought, I've I've said before on the podcast about uh, having a suicide attempt, but I've never just like gone into detail about it. When you woke up, was there a sense of relief? Were you like, "Thank God it didn't"? Go? <clears throat> no, no. I was. I was so out. I just. I just. I didn't want to be alive. Um, and uh, but now, now I'm like, thank, thank God. God. I'm so happy you're in this place. Thanks, baby. That would have been... Can you imagine how shit that would have been? Jamie would never have recovered. <laughs> Jamie would never have recovered. No, he'd never recovered. Yeah. It's, um, it is a thing about suicide is that you, you genuinely, genuinely believe that the world will be better off without you there. And that's how I felt. That is so sad. That's yeah. like put it yeah. all I on my chest. Genuinely, genuinely thought... And you know now that that is not the that case. That is not the case. Do you know why? Because I'm so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> the idea, the idea of that happening again and leaving Mickey defense, I can't. I it makes me want to cry. I like thank God for that little body thank, cat. Thank God for that little ball of fluff. I don't know where he is right now. I love him so much. He's the cutest. Um, okay, so we have started a new portion of this podcast, which I like to call the Survivor Segment or the Survivor Stories. And people have been sending in their stories for us to read. And we're going to read a couple of them today. Okay, so here is a Survivor Story. My husband had yet another affair. And this is December 2017, January 2018. My husband had yet another affair. Once again, he had been sloppy after collecting our son from school and finishing a day at work. And I came home to find the affair mobile phone left purely by accident at the kitchen table. And I confronted him. And of course, he told me I was crazy. Classic. I had problems and it was all in my head. I'm diagnosed uh, diagnosed bipolar, but it's very much under control. Until I showed him the phone and informed him that I had read the messages and kindly replied to the other woman to inform her that he had a wife, a child and a cat. Weeks later, he had left and I was putting my brain back together. My son returns from his weekend away with his dad and informs me that my ex has moved in with his girlfriend and they are expecting a baby. (gasps) Three weeks. Three fucking weeks. No. Oh my gosh. That's savage. I felt worthless, like an idiot. Everyone was laughing at me. My son was too young to understand that mummy was hurting, just excited that he was going to have a brother or a sister. Oh my gosh, it makes me want to cry. It was later that night that I took a knife and pulled it across my skin and the pain was a release. Like every drop of blood was a drop of pain dripping away. I understand that. The cutting of my arms became a regular nighttime ritual. I felt it was my reward for getting through the day. Some turned to drink, tablets, but I turned to hurting myself. My coping was going well until... I went to visit my friend for a coffee. It was a hot Sunday lunchtime and she was insistent I take off my cardigan. Deep down, I knew she had an idea of what I was doing. And she wasn't angry, she was just concerned. I could tell she could not understand that the cutting for me helped. We talked, cried, talked some more and put a plan into action. 
It wasn't easy and it wasn't an overnight fix, but three years later and a bloody good amount of talking therapy, no antidepressants involved there. I haven't cut myself for long over six months. Yes. Do I think about it? Yes. Often. Do I think I'll do it again at some point? I can't say that I won't, but I do know how to deal with it if I do. I consider myself a survivor at, as at one point the cutting could have easily taken my life. Well fucking done. Well done. Well done. That is that. And it's also, I think, really important to go, um, because people, you know, with addiction and things like that, people go, you're never going to drink again. I'm never going to drink again. It is literally one day at a time. I can't say I'm never going to drink again. I just need to go if it comes to that point, if there's a burning desire, how do you deal with it? So yeah. well done having that mentality. And Sophie Habu, here's one for oh. you. You might figure out who I am. Don't say who if you guess, but I do know you and your incredible story. I've had the privilege of watching you grow. I went to primary rehab in Spain last October until March and then went on to secondary until June. Having been ill all my life battling BPD, OCD, depression, exercise addiction and bulimia, codependency, self-harm and later on substance and alcohol abuse, I can finally say I'm actually getting well. Well done. I'm living in a new world and it's surreal but so beautiful. I turned 20 in rehab and with my 21st birthday approaching, it will be a year since I was admitted. Everyone always said that I was so young and if I sorted it out, my life would be set. In some ways that's true, but it also meant some pretty bad things had to happen for me to go to rehab so early. I've worked on myself and it's been painful. The most painful days are beyond something I can explain, but the gratitude I have now for a better life is immense. When I left Spain, I wrote a note to the person who saved my life and it said, thank you for showing me that I want to live. Thank you for showing me that this life can be good. I meant that very sincerely. Certainly I have had my bad days, slip ups and slip backs, but I now know I cannot unlearn what I have learned. So great to see you doing so well and I hope I can show you my support by sharing this snippet of my story. Lots of love. Oh, I do know who that is and I just want to say I love you very, very much and oh. you're doing so well yourself. So this thing happened to you. It informed you as a teenager. It's informed you as an adult. It's made you into the person that you are today. And that was a moment that was really, really hard and really difficult and traumatic, um, painful. But as we know, these things lead to who we are. And what are the things about you that you really love and that you're really proud of? Um, oh, God, what an interesting question. <laughs> I think I'm very caring yeah. and I'm very real. So if I love you and you're my friend, like I will do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do try and look at the positive of everything. So I hope I'm quite a nice person to be around. You are. Um, I, I mean, things. that goes without saying. Yeah, I love that. Love, love that. Sophie, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. That was such a lovely hour and it's such a nice space. Oh. And I hope people listening love it as much as I do. Oh, thank you, thank you. I can't believe Sophie was the first one to break me with tears. Well. And thanks for sharing your story. It's mm. very brave. Thank you. Thank you. I hope uh, I hope people out there, you know, listening to this, you're not alone. You're not alone and we all have our struggles and everything is relative and I don't believe in things like big T trauma or small T trauma. Everything affects you in its own way. But I love you so much. Love you so much. I love you. Love you. Soon to be sister. <laughs> Soon to be sissy. <laughs> Join me next week when my guest is activist and fucking incredible human, Maxine Williams. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and please send your survivor stories either via DM on Instagram or to contact at whydoyouthink.com. 
put survivor story either at the top or in the subject line. Big wins, small anecdotes, questions, things that happened recently or long ago, we are here for all of it and all of it will be anonymous unless I am expressly told otherwise. Get in touch and I'll talk to you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.